0: This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v End, the Sports Betting
2: Network. keep it rolling hour two here on the nightcap alongside sean king who is uh, a happy man with the Mets scoring three runs here in the top of the ninth get a 9-5 lead over the braves i am tim murray while sean keeps an eye on those on that game we turn our attention to the houston texans as we continue our summer conditioning to this week it's been the afc south and we head to H Town and welcome in a host on Sports Talk 790, the A Team from 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time. It is Adam Wexler. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam J. Wexler. Uh, Adam, I think I would I would imagine majority of the talk starts with the quarterback position. Davis Mills last year, uh, I thought had some some su- nice surprises. Uh, how has he looked in camp, and has he embraced that this is now his job? Uh, heading into year two of his NFL career?
3: Well, first of all, what a surprise the Mets were able to score all those runs against former Astro Jacob Coderizzi. I'm sure <laughs> it's a huge surprise to everybody that that somehow happened. But to your question, uh, yeah, he's absolutely taken that over. Uh, you wouldn't think this was a you know second-year player, the way that camp kind of has been run, really the off-season program. He got guys together in the off-season to go work out he and, uh, the tight ends and receivers, and then... This camp, like I said, there's you know a handful of other second year starters around the league, and there's something about their situation, whether it's a, a, a second coach in as many years with Lawrence or the you know being in New York like Zach Wilson and just all sorts of other things going on. And while that seemed like the story here in Houston for the longest time, it doesn't feel that way at all. It does feel like his team. It's there's no quarterback competition even with the backups that are there. There's no question he should not only be out there at the beginning of the season but all season long kind of regardless of performance. And I don't know how much buzz there is about that, but flat out, yeah, this is absolutely his team, and that's not usually the case for a player drafted, you know, in the third round in his second season.
4: You know, a great wide receiver, gets a throw to him, Brandon Cooks, I think one of the more underrated players in the National Football League. He's been a model of consistency. I don't know how much depth they have at that position, but a question mark for me is the running game. Uh, I know you guys picked up Marlon Mack. Uh, Rex Burkhead is there. I think you added Damian Pierce. How have those guys looked? Who do you think is going to be the leader in the clubhouse come week one?
3: Uh, Come week one might be a different answer than at the end of the season who led the team because I I do think they'll lean a little bit on a a by committee effort. You know, Mac obviously has done it before, and I think this, you know, couple of years after the injury, he probably will look a little bit more like himself you know, Burkhead is, you know, what he is. He's a third down back. He's a change of pace guy. He's a team guy. And last year this team needed him later in the year, and he really played well. But Damian Pierce, the player they drafted out of Florida, it's pretty clear he has the most talent. And it's because of the the, the things that he brings to the table uh, in his ability to cut quickly. He appears to have fantastic vision, which I think is one of the most vastly underrated skills a running back can have, and not many of them have it. And he looks like it's not only there, but he really sees the field well and, you know, turns short gains into big gains and big gains into bigger gains. So I think by week one, it might not play out that way, but it probably will not long after. And I think Pierce is really going to be a nice fit in Pep Hamilton's offense.
4: Well, I think a lot of people uh, were excited when Lovely Smith was named the head coach this offseason, especially considering it seemed like Josh McCown was somehow a finalist, Adam. But having said that, Lovey's a defensive guy. Uh, Grinerd in that front gonna get a chance to really play some one-gap stuff, get up the field, try and put pressure on the opposing quarterback. But Lovey historically has been a Tampa two guy on defense. Yet yeah, you guys drafted a cover corner in Derek Steenley. How has he looked? Should would anticipate the Texans to play more man-to-man defense? Maybe be more aggressive than Lovey has in the past?
3: Yeah, I mean you really lay it out pretty well. The the, the fit of all those things you said doesn't seem perfect, but you have a player with that kind of talent in Stingley, and it's already pretty obvious uh, here in camp, and he's matched up against Brandon Cook, who you mentioned quite a bit. Uh, That's an awesome way to get better. The two actually work out after practice quite a bit, just talking through things and, you know, route and things and what you can do with your hands. A lot of things that you'll learn you know, very quickly, if you have that talent as a rookie, and I think he will. Uh, they also added Steven Nelson, another, you know, better than average corner in this league. So that part of the team has to make massive improvements. And, and that's not a defensive scheme that I think really fits the NFL, the way the game is played now with, you know, the personnel that's usually on the field and the emphasis on the passing game. But I do think Lovey adapted a little bit last year, and it does look like he's going to adapt even more this year, especially because I think they will have warranted confidence in what Stingley can do, even as a rookie.
2: talking to Adam Wexler, uh, Sports Talk Show host on Sports Talk 790 in Houston, the A-team, 3 to 6 p.m. Central time. I want to get back to Davis Mills because uh, he made some headlines uh, saying they were ready to go out and shock the world. Um, The win total is 4.5, so if the Texans are shocking the world, uh, I think they're going to be cashing a lot of tickets on the overs there. I know Lovey Smith responded to it. You had it up on your Twitter uh, feed today. So, what was Lovey's response to uh, a, uh, a a strong statement from his young quarterback?
3: I think he kind of turned it around on most of us that were there. Yeah, as you mentioned, myself included, and, and rightfully so. There probably wasn't anybody standing there that thinks they're going to you know pop for much more than that win total you mentioned. Maybe it's a five-win team. I mean, they did win. You know, four games a year ago, that's not much of an improvement. But once you even get to the next number, a six-win team, a seven-and-ten team, that doesn't really seem like the group that they have. So he kind of made it into a simple comment. You know, nobody thinks we're going to do it. So, of course, that's confidence. And if we do, that that will be true. We will shock the world because the expectations from most of you guys and everybody else outside the building is that uh, that's just not going to be something we can do. He didn't really have an issue with it. He didn't say anything like you know, players will learn to, you know, say this or that. He didn't seem to, you know, mind much that he said it. It was more about, yeah, if we win, you know, a handful of games more than we did last year, that's exactly what it will be treated as. And it definitely will be a winning ticket. They're capable of doing that with what's on their schedule. You know, obviously that Cleveland game is a pretty big swing game towards maybe an over depending on that week uh, 13 game 12 matchup with a who knows what at quarterback, But they they really have to make hay in this division. I think there are winnable games throughout all six of them uh, because each of the teams has question marks. But, you know, that's not really a comment we hear very often from Davis Mills, certainly not in the settings uh, that we're in, but oftentimes in those uh, other interviews, things pop up like that. I was a little surprised to hear him say it.
4: Uh, Adam, when you see uh, Davis, tell him uh, a former NFL QB say, don't get complacent. He's kind of one of those guys. I like Davis. I don't love him. And there are going to be some guys at the top of this next draft that are transcendent CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. You know, so is he playing to be the long term answer at quarterback in Houston? Is that, what this, is that what this year is about? I know Lovey likes him, but Lovey's probably playing to be the head coach and to be the head coach next year. Am I wrong with either one of those opinions?
3: No, you're not. I mean, that's really the situation that they're in. You not you don't have to decide about a quarterback in, you know, such a short period of time, but that's really the reality of where they are likely to be in this draft. It's a year where they have two first round picks, and again, that Cleveland pick could be just about anywhere depending on what kind of quarterback play they get. It's pretty likely the Texans big pick, pick won't be, you know, any further than say the top eight. Even a six or seven win team could still likely pick in the top eight. And you mentioned two of the names that you know, we'll be watching all season long. There's probably three or four others, much better quarterback class, I think, than this past year uh, in the draft. I think most people would agree. So there, it, it just happens to be timing-wise the time to make that decision because you don't really want to go into a second full season with him as the starter by passing on those guys if you really don't feel confident about that answer. So while what I initially said is it's his team and he's taken over the leadership role and all those things – that's where the pressure comes from. It's not from competition in the building. It's from competition on the college football field that could tell this team, you don't need to go take one of those guys because I'm here.
2: Talking once again to Adam Wexler, uh, Davis Mills, as we've, as we've discussed entering year two. Uh, Sean talked about Derek Stingley, who was a bit of a surprise that he went that high uh, and was the first corner selected. Uh, but because of the Deshaun Watson trade, they had another first-round pick, and they went out and got Texas A&M offensive lineman Kenyon Green. Uh, what have been the early uh, returns of Green as he expected to be a, a day-one uh, starter there for the Texans?
3: It's a pretty interesting question considering how much time he, he missed in the offseason because they wanted to be careful with him because he was coming off of knee surgery, and then he actually just returned to practice today off of a concussion. So the number of reps they would have liked to see him get during camp has been a little bit low. But he went back out there today and and kind of took the normal number you would expect. The way that Lovey has talked about him makes it sound like they're gearing him up to be ready to start against Indianapolis for that season opener here in Houston. Uh, So I do think he will be a day one starter. And it's one of the biggest areas of need. It's probably the least talked about part of any football team, often those interior linemen. But the interior line play for the Texans for three, four years now has been very poor. They can't run the football. Uh, they get so much pressure up the middle, it throws off a lot of the timing on some of their other uh, plays they were trying to run under previous coordinators. So I think that was a position they absolutely had to have. They were actually able to trade back a couple of spots and still get him there, although a lot of people thought maybe he was the second-best interior lineman in the draft. Uh, I think he's a player who who starts from day one. You know, Stingley starts from day one. Petrie, the safety they took in the second round, starts from day one. Uh, and it's a little bit about who they are, and a little bit about who wasn't already on this team—a team that clearly needs a lot of talent.
4: Yeah, yeah, I like I like Green. His evaluation for me: physical, uh, people mover. I thought he's a little raw in pass protection, but you only get better with that with reps. We only got about thirty seconds left, uh, Adam. From a playing time standpoint, how are the Texans approaching the last two games of the preseason? Are they going to play their ones in game two or game three?
3: It's going to be game three uh, that they will have extended playing time. That sounded pretty clear for Blubby, uh this morning. You know, kind of like the, the when there were four preseason games, uh, they would play the, the ones a whole lot more in game three. There isn't a fourth one, but a little bit more than they played in game one uh, tomorrow night in L.A., and then probably a whole lot more, uh, maybe a half or more. He didn't really get specific. That's when you will see most of the ones that should start the season a couple of weeks after that.
2: Check them out on Sports Talk 790 down there in Houston uh, every weekday in Afternoon Drive. Adam, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at Adam J. Wexler. Much more on the Houston Texans next right here on the Nightcap.
3: This is the Nightcap on VSN, the
0: sports betting network.
2: with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free For free, and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's. Now to get in on the action, Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Unfortunately, Sean, for you, the trumpets were played in the eighth
4: inning. Yeah, We got this bomb in the game. Yeah. Get a four four run lead, and he's in a stressful situation. All of a sudden,
2: Trevor May is not your friend right now.
4: Well, you're not my enemy either. Not yet. Could get there. Uh, okay, good pitch. Oh, by the way, you know how you randomly da, on Twitter da, in the da, break, da, and you da, see da, something. Da, da. Yeah, that just was like wow. So I go to Shannon Sharp's page. Yeah. and he's just casually benching 405 without a spot I gotta get my life together I did
2: that this morning yeah I know
4: no big deal 405 cereal boxes <laughs> <laughs> I, I did eat
2: two bowls of cereal this morning are you a cereal guy
4: no no Mm-mm. I'll eat it but I'm more I'll eat it like during the day or at night I'm not was no a, a breakfast snack? yeah yeah I'm not a breakfast in the morning you're not a guy. big breakfast
2: guy me either I do I like do Two or three cups of coffee, and then I don't eat until like 10 or 11.
4: Yeah, I'm like a get up and take the kids to school and go yeah. at Starbucks. Yeah. And get my Venti toasted oat milk, shaken espresso. Or my Venti iced coffee, blind shot of espresso. Rich people. No cream, one pump of vanilla. You know what I do? Yeah.
2: I wake up for my radio show, I make a pot of coffee, and I drink the pot of coffee.
4: So I don't really like just regular coffee, like my wife is really into that. So we got the fancy espresso machine of and stuff. You do. But I, I budget knows. my Starbucks card.
2: So you budget it?
4: Yeah, put about fifty dollars a week on that thing, man.
2: Man, fifty bucks a week. And on when that Starbucks. plum
4: Danish is available, oh my god, I gotta have that in the morning.
2: Yeah, Shannon Sharp's over there repping out four oh five. I know. And uh, you're talking about plum Danishes. Yeah, we we need to work it's on it's out of it. season right now. Yeah, we we need to. Uh, Depressing. <laughs> they just got the basic. Anybody thingers? in the country have plum danishes? You can send Sean King. He needs his plum danish.
4: Get the. Give me the hookup, man. Man.
2: Um, so Sean and uh, our good friend Scott Seidenberg have the Mets tonight. Mets put up a nice three spot in the ninth to give a little cushion, and unfortunately, the Braves have scored two in this inning. But there's two outs. Ronald Acuna Jr. at the plate. we got to get to the Texans more, but I'm curious what's going to happen here at the end of this.
4: I want, It'd be game. interesting to be a Texans fan.
2: I, I Are there as Texans As a fan fans? Of,
4: oh, yeah, absolutely. As a fan oh of
2: – Oh, boy. Get there. Get there. There it moment. is.
4: Never in doubt, man. Never in doubt. Yeah. I hate when the team that I root for, like, is in the situation that Texans are in. Because to me, they mimic Detroit. They just didn't do hard knocks. They don't have, like, the national momentum – But they're very similar in a lot of ways. They're two organizations that the best thing for them long term is not to be very good this year. But they both fit, like, if we can just get to six wins, we can just get to seven wins, and, like, all that does is it knocks you out of the top four or five in the draft. It doesn't get you to the playoffs. It doesn't get anybody an extension on the coaching staff. It it doesn't really solidify a whole lot of things on the field. It just kind of puts you in no man's land. So that's kind of why I ask, like, these guys we have when we're doing our, our, our summer conditioning, like, Davis Mills, uh, we're going to shock the world. Well, you better make sure that you got a job next year because, I mean, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young about to go scorched turf. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if both of those kids throw for 4,500, 5,000 yards, you know, both pushing 45 touchdowns. Like, they're that good, they're that experienced, and they have that kind of support and group on offense. And those are the two prizes. Now, granted, somebody else could end up in the mix, but... Those are the two prizes, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. If you put those two quarterbacks next year on Detroit and Houston, their prospectus, their stock, has much more value than it does if they win seven games this year and go into next season with Davis Mills still trying to prove that he's not just some guy and Jared Goff trying to trick the Lions into giving him uh, an extension and a a big deal.
2: Well, the Texans are – in a very good spot to go up and get that number 1 pick assuming whoever if they don't get it
4: right but if you get it now you don't have to give up your other pick that and is you can true. add something else to no, help the quarterback right. be successful and
2: look yeah. the team that uh, resides in Atlanta GA uh <laughs> they need a quarterback too right Um, so we we'll see how Chicago
4: could very well need a quarterback if this thing don't go right for fields. Seattle could be terrible and need a quarterback. Seattle definitely will need a quarterback. Like there are some teams out there that are the Jets, if Kyle Wilson if Zach Wilson doesn't have a a year that makes them feel like they made the right decision. Like that's how good I think CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are. And that's how great of a season I think they're both gonna have. So that teams won't be afraid to do the uh, what's the UCLA kid Arizona drafted Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen and then turn around and go get Kyler Murray. Just Kyler Murray is better.
2: But I look at this Houston roster, and I don't see a roster that's gonna win a ton of games. Now they won four games last year, um, but it is a young roster. So's Detroit. True. I have more confidence that Detroit will find ways to win. And I think also what works for Detroit now, Houston gets to play the Jags, but, you know, based off of, and I know I was bringing it up and you kind of poo-poo it, but I'm just reading it into the record. Based off of season win totals from a year uh, this year, Houston has the 28th most difficult schedule in the league. So this is not a, a cakewalk of a year for a team that is kind of void of talent. And I think you're going to see a lot of guys, as you as we just heard from Adam, Wexler, about, you look at their depth chart right now. Kenyon Green will start, rookie. Derek Stingley will start, rookie. Jalen Petrie will start, rookie. Uh, I would imagine Christian Harris at of Bama, the third-round pick, he'll probably get a whole lot of playing time. He might start.
4: Davis Mills is still in his first 17-game cycle as a quarterback. Damian Pierce,
2: I I would Uh, think, like, I know you're a Marlon Mack guy, but I think Damian Pierce... We'll get- well, I coach a-
4: Marlon Mack, so of course I'm a Marlon Mack. Well, yeah, Mack. that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm, you know what's interesting with Damian Pierce? If what Adam told us is true, I mean, Marlon's coming off of real injuries. Like, and he can really play, but I mean, Indy drafted Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, there ain't a lot of Jonathan Taylor's in the league, but like, I can put a highlight film of Marlon Mack as the starting running back with the Colts, and you'll be like, wow. Oh, I know. Like, that talent is there. Pierce but if you're the, is, if you're a, the a guy like Pierce is interesting. Just because Marlon has battled injuries, and if something was to happen to Marlon where he's out, Rex Burkhead is, is a very specific role he plays. Right. Damien could end up as the bell, cow, bell bell cow guy. To me, those are the kind of guys when you're talking rookie of the year, you want to identify those guys that can end up as the, the major water bearer, you know, the guy that's going to get the majority of the workload.
2: I'm a little surprised it's not longer. No. Me too.
4: I, I didn't like the 18 to one. I'll look. I shop around. I'll
2: look and see if we can find a little longer because I, that that started to kind of spark the the intrigue there because you know is is Damian Pierce a guy that takes over that job? What what were your evaluations if you recall of Damian Pierce from? Florida?
4: Rock solid back. Um, probably not as good from a top end speed standpoint, but NFL body going to be a between the tackles guy. You know, uh, James Robinson from Jacksonville, those kind of guys come to mind.
2: I man look at the receivers. Brandon Cooks, I'm with you. I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, Nico Collins, the kid from Michigan a couple of years ago, uh, he was a third-round pick. And you look at their wide receivers, I don't know. You kind of shrug your shoulders. I mean, I I like Brandon Cooks, but I just don't – look, I'm not really racing to to bet under four-and-a-half on any team. Um I just don't see a really. I don't see a talented roster, and you know the Lovey Smith situation. Uh, w- what do we make of it?
4: Just a stopgap, right? I mean, they were going to so hire. I heard they, they were him. seriously considering. I know hiring Joshua.
2: Are they going to fire him after one year and and kind of let him you know help the pups out for a year? And so, then, if
4: I was Houston, here's what I'd be doing. I'd be praying if I own the Texans. I'm just going to look at this year. Hey, man, I hope we don't. I'm not very good. Because mm-hmm. my, you know, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. So my big plan would be if we can secure the first or second pick in next year's draft, I can pick up the phone and call Sean Payton and say, Sean, you can come to the state of Texas. Instead of going to Dallas, why don't you come down here and you tell me which one of these quarterbacks you want to get and we can really build this thing in your image and your likeness.
2: But look at that roster, Sean.
4: they got plenty of cap space. There's not anybody in there making any money.
2: That's a bottom five roster in the NFL. Good. No, and I'm saying that. Yeah,
4: you add Sean Payton next year. You go into free agency with a bunch of money. You can turn it around. That's the one thing about the NFL. It doesn't take four years to change it around.
2: It's always been a gettable division, too. Tennessee seems to be getting older. You got a quarterback with a ton of cap space. You know the
4: best thing the Texans have going for them this year? No one's going to get up to play the Texans. So they'll be, that'll be a trap game for 10 weeks this year. Sure.
2: Kind of like Detroit was at the end of last yeah. year. But does that lead to them getting over their win total? I hope not. All right. We'll take a look at some more of uh, the particulars of the Houston Texans. And is Damian Pierce worth a, a look to an Offensive Rookie of the Year? More summer conditioning on the Texans next
0: This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betty Network.
2: Welcome back in. It is the Nightcap here on VSN. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Sean's watching Marlon Mack highlights.
4: Yeah, I got a question for you. Can okay. I interest you? On some Marlon Mack comeback player of the year? Nope. Is he going to play enough? He's healthy, and he's playing for for you know for the bag if, too.
2: If, if you're the Houston Texans and you're doing what you just asked them to do,
4: I don't think that's what they're going to do though. I would be – I think Barkley and, and Saquon – I mean, Saquon Barkley and Marlon Mack, to me, are both guys that – well, they're a little different because Marlon hadn't gotten a big, big contract yet. Saquon, you know, he's got a bag already. You
2: got to think, too.
4: Just what their motivation the is for contact. Of the
2: year is a narrative-driven award. Is Marlon Mack a big enough name player?
4: Well, sometimes you could play your way into being a big name. You know? Sometimes it's actually, like, organic, and you earn it.
2: And he's not even listed. Oh, yeah, he's not even listed right now at DraftKings.
4: Do they have a field? No. Oh. We can get him listed. We can fix that.
2: You can call up Johnny. I'm we can sure. call up Jeff
4: or Johnny and Chris. Chris. Like, well, I think the Can only- you add Marlon Mack to the comeback player to your board? Sure, they'll come up with odds. It's Got to be triple digits, right? Oh, yeah. Worth a flyer. Like— it's like betting Brian Robinson Jr. to win. Right, the same thing, you know. You're taking a <laughs> shot. <laughs> the only difference is Marlon's going to start week one as the number one guy. It's just about him staying healthy.
2: I think Damian Pierce is uh, going to get a lot of run this year.
4: He's not anything like a healthy Marlon Mack from an explosive standpoint. Pierce is a solid running back, but he's not He's not Mack.
2: I would be more interested in a 35-1 to 1 ticket on Damian Pierce to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, which is available at Circa uh, 17 to 1 at Bet MGM, 30 to 1 at Westgate. So I would be more interested the, in Damian Pierce than
4: So talk Marlon me through Mack. this. Yeah. Because I feel like you're being slightly hypocritical here. Maybe not intentionally, but if you poll the majority of the national media right now, ask them who Damian Pierce is, not many of them know. And you were like your your the antagonistic side of you with Marlon Mack was he's not like a, a brand, he's not a household name. I don't think Damian Pierce is either. Florida's been down.
2: The the difference is this. The people that Marlon Mack would be going up against, Jameis Winston, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Michael Thomas, Saquon Barkley, uh, Baker Mayfield, Chase Young, those are are household names. When you look at the Offensive Rookie of the Year, it's just based off stats. I mean, it is is a uh, statistical-driven award. And yes, Damian Pierce isn't a household name. Who is?
4: Well, all the first round picks people know. George Pickens
2: isn't a household name. Well, he
4: is now. They've talked him up. I mean they've turned him into somebody that everybody knows about. And he played at Georgia. And Georgia just won national title.
2: No. I but I just told you the names for comeback player of the year. Right. Those are superstars in this league or borderline. Aaron just asked, he said, what's more likely? Marlon Mack leading the league in rushing? Or Damian Pierce leading rookies in rushing.
4: About the same odds. No, come on now. Come on, man. He's got he's got to run for. Come more. on now. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. I mean, it's backs out here. They're gonna get the ball. That are rookies. I mean, he's not the odds-on favorite by by any stretch.
2: I understand that. I mean, I
4: wouldn't be surprised if, at some point, James Cook ends up getting the majority of the the, the totes in um come in on. Buffalo.
2: Like I I know he's your guy, and I'm not denying that. But I'm to just- rep, my guy. To say that he has better odds or even odds to – I'm not, and I'm not saying Damian Pierce yeah, is – Yeah, Damian
4: the- Pierce is third string right now at the Texans. No. He's not only behind Marlins, behind Rex Burkhead as well. No.
2: Damian Pierce will be the starter.
4: Adam just came on the show and said they think Rex Burkhead is the perfect third down back. Yeah,
2: third so down back. Marlon's well,
4: Marlins is starting running back. So, if they're going to play Rex on third and Marlins the starting running back, I mean – A guy
2: that has played
4: seven games. The last two years, yeah, I mean, he's been hurt, and we played behind that. Jonathan Taylor and Hines. I mean, coming he, off an injury, he's rushed for 127
2: total yards the last two years. He's been hurt, so if you can find your comeback player of the year, go play it. It's your guy.
4: I'm gonna get it made.
2: Um, I, I am actually intrigued by Damian Pierce. I thought he looked really good. I'm not in. Uh, yeah, because Marlon Mack's in front of him, <laughs> right? You tried so, to so tried for me to, to be intrigued. You tried to talk down Jonathan Taylor last year because Marlon Mack was on that for roster. For me to be intrigued
4: Hines. with Damian Pierce, I mean, I want something to happen to my guy, and I'm don't. <laughs> I'm not going to ever put that out there in the uh, atmosphere.
2: I am intrigued, yeah. and I hope and that I'm not Mar- going to allow you to be I intrigued. I hope Marlon Mack
4: has a wonderful. If you bet Damian Pierce career. to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, you're Aaron. I will tear the ticket up. Why? Because you're going against someone that I coached. Were we going
2: against him last year when he was in Indianapolis was and he had Jonathan Taylor there? It was different. How that
4: different? Because he wasn't a starter. Jonathan Taylor was a starter. I wasn't going against Jonathan Taylor. I didn't want anything to happen to him. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I catch you or Aaron with the Damian Pierce ticket, I'm ripping it up on site. Aaron just cleared his name. He said he's playing Brees Hall.
2: I won't get it. If he wins. Yeah, don't get it. If he wins, you owe me.
4: I don't owe you anything. A whole lot of money. No, I don't owe you anything. Well, I, you're not gonna root against my guy. I'm not rooting against. Yes, him. you are. I just think that if something hasn't happened to my guy in a negative sense for him to get in the game, you're subconsciously rooting against my guy logically no a fourth
2: round pick for a rebuilding team is going to get more run i was
4: very fortunate to have some really good players in my time at south florida multiple guys are now in the national football league you can't go against any of them it's not allowed everything we do is a 50-50 decision and what? i'm taking 51-49 on this one i told you
2: i told you every second don't waste your money and light it on fire to bet the reds and you still did it
4: but I wasn't going against anyone that you knew personally. I understand, yeah. but
2: I went. you went against your wallet and your personal. better judgment.
4: This is personal. That's all I'm saying. Fine. Yeah. I will not bet Damian Pierce. My I'll, man.
2: I'll say this to the people listening. I think it's intriguing. 35 to I wouldn't bet 18 to 1. But at 35 to 1, a guy that may, may start, just saying. Derek Stingley, defensive rookie of the year.
4: You have no sense of loyalty.
2: I'm not betting it. I have the sense of discussing it to the people.
4: I'm with Aaron. Let's go Brees Hall. They gotta do something. It's 18 to 1 here
2: at Circa. That's the best odds you can find anywhere on on uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year if you like Brees Hall.
4: Do they uh maintain Offensive Rookie of the Year odds throughout the season? To me, I just think it's such a crap shoot. Yeah. I'd take a couple flyers, like on O'Brien Robinson, like you have, or if you got George Pickens when he was fifty to one, then I'd wait. Yeah. I think after the first quarter of the season, I think you have a better understanding idea of how some guys are going to fit, like what it's going to be like their actual target amount from week to week. The guys that play receivers, the running backs, like are they really getting the whole series or you know, are they just coming in for two plays and sitting for 10? Like, you know, some of this stuff will start to clarify itself.
2: Yeah, I know. I said that exactly. Has an
4: offensive lineman ever won Offensive Rookie of the Year? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm.
2: By and, the way, I said the same exact thing, you know, like an hour
4: and a half ago. Yeah, but, so we repeat it. Somebody might just been tuning in.
2: But you, you just said it, so it's like
4: your thought. But it's our show. Oh, okay. So the information comes from one centralized platform. Whether it's you or me, it's 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 is they're still it getting is? The information. That yeah. Is? Okay. I'm a team player. I'm like, pretty I mean, sure. <laughs> you should just wear a shirt that says I'm about me
2: every day. No, you know I wish I should wear a shirt that says two lane greenway football.
4: Oh, I actually I actually found something for you. And I forgot what, to bring was it. Was it used? No, it's brand new. Anything I, We pop tags in the King household. Okay, if I bring you something, it's probably in some plastic, and it definitely has a tag on it. And we don't do that.
2: All right, Brandon Cooks.
4: I don't even wear T-shirts twice, man. Cut it out.
2: <laughs> Brandon Cooks last year, uh, 90 catches for 1,037 yards, Sean. Solid, solid, solid football player. year before, 81 catches for 1,150. So his numbers this year, 950 yards. Over-under at DraftKings. 82.5 receptions, 5.5 touchdowns. I I don't like playing touchdown props. I
4: I love the over-receptions.
2: Over-receptions as opposed to yards?
4: Yeah, because he went 81 two years ago, 90 last year. Davis Mills is a little more mature. He's seen defenses. They really don't have anybody else, so they're going to design ways to get Cooks the ball. I kind of like over-the-receptions. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, you can tag the over-receiving yards with it as well because he's explosive. He gets run after the catch. I think they're going to get opportunity in a lot of games where they're behind, other teams playing soft coverage, you know, because it was a two-touchdown game. You pick up an extra 55, 60 yards into the game, you know, two, three extra catches. Like, I think they're going to be in a lot of situations like that. I'm really leaning towards, in my fantasy stuff, going running back heavy early, knowing that I can get Brandon Cooks and Armand St. Brown from Detroit. As my second and third, you're gonna pick
2: a, a, a
4: Detroit nah. running back hey, or I'm, wide receiver. That's all his dad did for a living, and the way they lift them all in on St. Brown. There's three of them, yeah.
2: Equanimous, he's still out there.
4: Still did on? you watch uh, episode two, hard knocks? Was it last night? Yeah, oh, I thought it was tonight. So, David Blau is married to like a uh, hey, yeah, hey. a USS hurdler.
2: Oh, I think I knew that, yeah, yeah, and she was in the Olympics. She's the best
4: like. athlete in the family.
2: I thought it was tonight no it's yesterday man we should have talked some lions today Dan Campbell give any more motivational speeches
4: well no, look like he'd been lifting with Shannon sharp
2: <laughs> 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 he's a big dude it's the nightcap here on Visa. <laughs> for
0: you I
4: am.com
0: this is the nightcap on v the sports Betty network. If you dare,
2: it is a nightcap here on Vison alongside two lane green wave legends, Sean King. Do you get like free... Entrance into the Superdome for the rest of your career since or for the rest of your life since you're a yeah. member of that Hall of Fame? Yeah, absolutely. You just like show the badge, like, hey, I'm in the Hall of Fame here. I guess. Yeah, we
4: have a suite for all events that any members can go to. Yeah? Yep.
2: You see are you serious? Yeah,
4: here? absolutely. Really? hmm Nice. Special parking, all kind of stuff.
2: Man. Can I say that I'm Sean King?
4: No, yeah, you look like me. I do. Yeah. You gotta cut your hair. That's probably the only giveaway. Mm. So if you're willing to go ball, it depends on how bad you want it. I mean What's your level of commitment, Tim?
2: To free stuff at the
4: Caesar Superdome. Yeah, it's gotta be willing to go bald. I'd go bald. It's a scary sight. I used to shave my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the time. I used to get a haircut.
2: <laughs> so are you gonna go? You need to go down Labor Day weekend to uh, check out the Bayou Bengals taking on uh, Florida State.
4: So I'm in the process of uh, figuring out what Derek's code is. To schedule his jet. So yeah. Once I figure this I'll, out, I'm going to just book some trips.
2: How's that going for you? By the way, uh, Roldis Chapman, I believe, has walked the bases loaded here. What else
4: would you expect?
2: In the top of the 10th against the Rays.
4: Man. So I'm going to just book us some trips. And when we get to the airport, it's be like, yeah, D.C. could make it, but we're going <laughs> to go anyway.
2: <laughs> if you had – all right, let me ask you this. And, and we'll have a betting angle, too, to, I promise. If you had to pick one – regular season college football game this year to go to what would it be
4: i mean i'd have to look at the schedule but off the top of my head i'd say alabama texas a&m yeah that's what i would say too i think that's
2: that ticket's gonna be a a hot commodity hoping that
4: they're both undefeated at the time um alabama will be yeah texas a&m i I don't know if you want to have a good time I mean, Bama at Texas in Austin. It's going to be tremendous in week two Noon cool. game. Yeah. 11 a.m. game. Yeah, so they have a lot of time to hit that. What's a little strip in uh, Austin that everybody goes to? Call up my guy Vince Young. Get Texas some reservations A&M. at VYs.
2: Sean, Texas A&M plays Miami at home September 17th. That's a loss. Arkansas at home September 24th. Then they go to Stark Vegas before their visit to Alabama. That's the
4: only thing that could ruin that game. They could have two ah, losses, maybe gonna, even
2: three. They're going to have a loss. Yeah. I, I'll say this, they won't be undefeated.
4: Miami's schedule sets up. If they can get by and don't lose more than one game, they'll be in the college football playoff.
2: Got to win the conference.
4: Yeah, right. right. That's what i to
2: sweep. They have to sweep Clemson. Now, if they beat Texas AM
4: and Texas AM is. Yeah, Clemson and Clemson, to me, is not guaranteed to be the representative in the ACC Championship. A lot of people are high on Pittsburgh. A lot of people. I mean, I've tried to talk multiple well, people Miami's out of this. Division. I know. But that's what I'm saying. That's good for Miami. If Pitt ends up being as good as people think and Clemson's back to being Clemson, that's what I'm saying. When you look at Miami's schedule, a lot of times I feel like the issue in the ACC, anybody but Clemson, the strength of schedule just isn't good because the ACC as a conference has been down. But if they got a, a win over Texas A&M and a win over a one-loss Clemson team and you know, a Pittsburgh team that's been steadily in the top twenty for the season, I, I mean that starts to, to look pretty good.
2: I just have a hard time envisioning. And and and, Vi- and Van Dyke is is a tremendous quarterback, and they beat Pitt last. If year. If
4: they can get by A&M in Week Three, I mean they're cruising. I mean, they're crew. They don't play Clemson. Like, tell me where the loss is if they can beat AM before the Clemson game. I mean, they're gonna have more talent than I mean, North Carolina. I mean, I know Chris Felica. I, I trust him. I I respect his opinion. He's really high on North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina's being App state to start the season. So I mean, Virginia Tech still trying to figure it out. Duke is terrible. You know, Virginia. I like the quarterback, but it's Tony Elliott's first year as a head coach. I mean, th- I, mean I mean, they could very easily be undefeated going in November nineteenth at Clemson if they can win at Texas A&M in week three because they start with Bethune Cookman and Southern Miss, so they get two tune-up games. It could be. Yeah, like, they don't I, have a I, daunting schedule. I'm
2: just, I'm not a big believer in you in teams making a jump from seven and five to eleven and 12 and zero.
4: I just know the type Going of.
2: on the road to Clemson. How many times has Mario Cristobal led a team to the playoff?
4: Well, he never really had this kind of team. No. Oregon? Yeah, but I mean... He come had on. Justin Herbert, Sean. I just... Um, no, I thought a like
2: Taggart had Herbert. No. Are you sure? Yes. He won the Rose Bowl with Justin All Herbert. Right. They also laid an egg against a, a, a mediocre I, I Stanford I don't, team. I,
4: don't. I just... I Oregon's I, never been the... Oregon has been... Chip Kelly, Oregon, since Chip left.
2: Okay, but they still—they've been the Chip Kelly Oregon. Miami hasn't been the the uh, the late '90s I, I Miami guess, in two decades.
4: So so let me let me apply context to why I think this is such a great situation. So you're the head coach at the University of Oregon, especially now. Now, if you had that job early 2000s when Oregon was a trendsetter, they were only ones with all the unique you know, uh, different versions and variations of the jerseys. They were the only ones really running the hurry-up system. They had an attraction because I'm telling you, man, you walk out of Outson Stadium, you got to go a long way before you get to good high school football. What I'm telling you is Mario Cristobal, you walk out of whatever the Marlins call, I mean, my, yeah, the uh, Dolphins call their stadium, and you got big-time college football everywhere. So I'm just saying it's not as difficult when the right guy gets that kind of job to turn it around, just like that, because the talent is there. He's not doing it in a year, though. Well, I, I, just what I'm just from saying I think Clemson's down. I don't think this is the Clemson, the Trevor Lawrence or but, Deshaun Watson Clemson. But how is uh, this?
2: How is this the Miami that rises up to the occasion? Because
4: I don't think they have to be. That's why I was talking about the schedule. If they can figure out how to win at Am and M is a tremendously difficult place to win a game. I mean, those cadets are in the stands. I mean, they got that bonfire the night before. They're fired up, trust me. That thing is loud. I mean, if you haven't been there, I mean, it's intimidating. But if they can figure out how to win that game, everybody else on their schedule almost is in a rebuild too. They're not catching North Carolina with Sam Howe. They're not catching Virginia Tech when they were really good in the Frank Beamer days. Like they're, they're, they're not catching Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Adelson. You know, everybody else to me has major question marks. So I'm just saying I really like Tyler Van Dyke. I recruited a lot of the personnel that Miami has. I didn't get any of them, of course, but I know the talent that's there. So I'm saying that I just feel like ball has got an opportunity to do it this year. I know he's going to do it long term, but I think he has an opportunity to do it this year.
2: All right, I'm not going. I mean, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um,
4: I'm trying to talk you into it. No,
2: a seven and five team.
4: Where are Miami. the losses on this schedule?
2: I don't know, Sean. They lost to Virginia last year. They lost to North Carolina. And that's why last Manny year. Diaz is fired. They lost fired. to Florida State last year. Right. That's why Manny Diaz they got is fired. They're ass kicked by Michigan State. So I don't think they can go to Texas AM and win. I really so don't. So let's
4: just say they, they don't win that game. They
2: are not beating Clemson on the road.
4: Okay, so then what are they uh what are we what are they so are at the, that ten point,
2: and two now? So what I was talking off of is the possibility of them making the playoff. I don't see it happening.
4: I think they're winning the ACC. I don't. And if they can do it at eleven and one or better, they're in the playoff.
2: I agree. If they could do it 12-1, and but they're either losing to Texas A&M and not losing again, which is quite the daunting task for a team that lost five games last year and hasn't really been relevant since 2002.
4: I'm going to turn you into a believer.
2: Sean, you're not listening to what I'm saying. No,
4: I hear you. Clearly.
2: I think that Miami eventually... In the words
4: of Jack Nicholson and a few good men, crystal clear. You, By the way, what a, what a role Tom Cruise played. I mean, you, he was tremendous. I watched that the other day. Oh, he was tremendous. You have worked in college football. You This isn't basketball. You can't
2: have one recruiting class, which wasn't even his full recruiting so, class. He got hired in December.
4: Signing day was in December. I'm sitting here next to you trying to tell you that I know the level of talent that he's inheriting. Now, he went out and tried to feel some things he thought were still deficiencies, maybe even from a depth standpoint, not necessarily a top 22. Now, I recruited majority of those kids that are at Miami now, that are juniors and seniors. I'm telling you, I know the level of talent there. I watched their high school tape. I wrote up evaluations. Like, they have elite-level talent there. They needed discipline. They needed accountability. That's what Mario brings. He's finally on a platform now. Where, what was he, the head coach at? FAU, FIU? FIU. So he's been down there. He has the relationships. I agree.
2: Everything you're saying, And then when I
4: look at the rest of the conference, everybody else has question marks. Like, if this was last year's ACC, I'd say Miami's probably a year away. Because Sam Howell was still at North Carolina. Kenny Pickett was at Pittsburgh. I I just would have been like, ah, we – Probably not this year. But, man, those other schools got questions, too. And I know the kids that they have are as talented as the kids that they have in Miami.
2: Look, Mario Cristobal proved that he's a pretty darn good coach. But he also proved that he loses dumb games yeah? at Arizona State in 2019. Didn't make any sense. Well, he won at be-
4: Ohio State last year.
2: Yeah, and then he lost to a three-win Stanford team.
4: Yep, won't happen this year. Miami ACC champs, baby.
2: Why is it going to be any different? He Facts. hasn't even recruited these guys. Sounds like a cigar bet to me. It's a nightcap here on Visa.